Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4 Triple Z Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Welcome once again to another exciting episode of Zed Games, Australia's most beloved gaming radio program. We are coming to you live from the 4ZZZ studios in Brisbane. You might be listening to us around the nation on the community radio network. I'm Lee, manning the machine once again, Razor. Hello. Ms. Candy Payne. Hi. She's not manning a machine, but she could. She has a phone out. Yeah. That counts. That's a machine. Yes, exactly. It's bigger than my computer, so, you know, (laughs) it's pretty much a machine. That's true. Uh, Jody McGregor. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. You are also not manning a machine. Nope. No. Best to leave that to Ray. Ray! Yes? What are we talking about this episode? Did you introduce yourself, Lee? I did at the start. Okay, sorry. Missed that. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Love when he pays attention. (laughs) Lee, you will be talking about Bedlam. It's a roguelike turn-based strategy game in an over-the-top post-apocalyptic world. Yes, it is. Sounds good on paper. (laughs) It does sound good on paper, yes. Yeah. And uh, later on, Alana will be joining us, or so I have been promised, to talk about Skylanders Supercharged, the Toys Come to Life franchise. Of course, it's a bestseller. It's a worldwide sensation. Latest game just came out, and Alana will be rushing in to tell us all about it. Cool. But first, here's Miss Candy Payne with the Week in Gaming News headlines. What have you got, Miss Candy Payne? Razor. Well, Samsung's virtual reality headset, Gear VR, will launch for retail worldwide this November. The unit is priced at $99 US and is compatible with the latest batch of Samsung mobile devices, including Galaxy SX and Note 5. J.K. Shin, CEO and president of IT and mobile division for Samsung, said... We see virtual reality as the next computing platform and we are thrilled to partner with Oculus on Gear VR to set the standard for mobile VR and bring this revolutionary product to consumers. It is weird that there is a VR unit that just plugs into your phone or your phone plugs into it. Yeah. But I've used it and it's great. It's really, really cool. Because, I mean, obviously it's not tethered to anything, so that's valuable. Um, Unlike the Oculus, which is still, you could strangle yourself to death on that thing. Uh, at the moment. But yeah, this is great and just has a touch interface on the side and you can do all kinds of cool stuff with it. So then do we essentially start seeing game developers designing like 3D games just for mobile devices now? Is this kind of what it's doing? I think it's already happening, yeah. Like because this thing has been available for developers for a while now um, and they're kind of testing the water. It'd be cool to see if that becomes a thing that people might just have. VR version of a zombies run where you see the zombies chasing you. Oh yes. my gosh. I just can't wait to see people <laughs> sitting on the bus with this on their head while looking at their phone playing a tiny little game. I think this is just going to be... I don't think that's going to happen, although the good thing about don't using it... Don't ruin my bubble. <laughs> uh, the good thing about using it on the train is that no one will steal your phone while you're using it, right? No, no. they'll steal the bag next to you because you've that's got a true. headset on and can't see what's they'll happening. They'll steal your wallet instead. But your yeah. phone is safe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to read the think pieces about that. And correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first consumer virtual reality product? Yes, it's beaten everything else out. So So, this is quite important, isn't it, I guess, in establishing some kind of mainstream appeal? I mean, we've got other ones coming out next year, the Morpheus and the Oculus VR headset. Yeah. But this could be a runaway success. Or going by the precedent of other weirdo 
life-changing tech, this will be the one that comes out and fizzles and fails and ruins the company, and then the bigger guys come in later with the refined versions and they do really well out of it. Although, Mm. as far as I know, Samsung, they're not, like, poor. Yeah, but... Yeah, (laughs) they got money to burn, right? Yeah, remember Nokia? What happened to your Razer phone, huh? Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Roller Coaster Tycoon World will launch on the 10th of December for PC, following a troubled development that saw it switching developers three times. The game is launching on the back of the Roller Coaster Tycoon mobile reboot, which was universally panned by critics. Rick and Morty co-creator Justin Roiland will partner with Stanley Parable developer Willem Pugh to create a virtual reality game. The Untitled game is still in a planning phase, but Roiland has said that the game will likely be similar in theme and tone to Rick and Morty. He's put some like development sketches of his ideas up, and so far, like, because he's obsessed with sci-fi, so it looks like it's set in some kind of futuristic alien prison populated by some of his weirder side characters. Mm. Uh, I hope something comes out of this. It's a weird piece of news. Uh, I would totally play his horrifying alien virtual reality visions, though. Telltale has confirmed that a 30th anniversary edition of the Back to the Future adventure game will launch next month for PS4, Xbox One and Xbox 360. The new version will feature upgraded graphics, new voice work including Biff Tannen actor Tom Wilson and behind-the-scenes interviews and features. The release is scheduled for the 16th of October, just ahead of the Marty McFly's expected arrival date of 21st October 2015. So Jody, where were you 30 years ago when Telltale first released their Back to the Future? adventure game in school just (laughs) but waiting to run home so you could play telltale's Mm -hmm. back to the future adventure game that's right yes on my atari 2600 (laughs) (laughs) and my favorite corner the unsubstantiated rumor corner grand theft auto 5 company rockstar games are famously very tight-lipped about upcoming projects but a job listing has been spotted that might hint at what they're working on The company is seeking a gameplay designer with advanced physical and digital prototyping skills to establish the pillars of the asymmetrical cooperative stealth experience. It also mentions needing experience with destructible environments and tuning weapons and physics. Ooh. Yeah, it could be just an elaborate ruse. Yeah, maybe, or just they're working on stuff that needs a skilled person. I like the ruse (laughs) idea. Mm. (laughs) Whenever there's a conspiracy or a chance for me to speculate about a conspiracy, I'll take it. And you will always go with a ruse. Yes. Yeah. Ruse. (laughs) Unsubstantiated. Yeah. But uh, which of Rockstar's properties would you like to see a a sequel to next? Specifically a destructible environment stealth-based sequel? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) 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 Good question. Um, I think, I don't know. Like Red Dead I, Redemption is a hot one, I know. Oh, of course, right? Yeah. Like, all I want is another cowboy game to disappear into. But then I loved Bully. But also, mm. maybe I don't want them to make another Bully because Rockstar games have gotten meaner and meaner with each release. And I shudder to think of the mm. horrors that your character would inflict upon the halls of a school ground now. Mm. Like, 
I, I feel like that kind of game would actually have problems getting through classifications anyway in our country. I just just starting with the title and all of the issues that we have with online bullying and the, you mm. know bullying in schools now. I just feel like that already would just come in with red flags. It, it did the at the time. Have been changed yeah. for the original one in the UK. Yes, it wasn't published as bully. Yeah, yeah, and Australia as well. Mm. Oh. Mm. It was Canis, Canis, Canum, yeah. eat it, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, Latin for dog eat dog, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like when that came out, there was also, they were developing that in the midst of having put out or being associated with manhunt mm. as well. And so, uh, like, I guess, like, off the back of that, Bully is actually a fairly sweet game. Yeah. Um, so. It's, it was yeah. a, a weird departure, and everyone assumed that they were making a like Columbine shooting uh, simulator or something, and it's nowhere near like that mm. at all. But now I kind of suspect that they actually would, if they were to attempt to do that, yeah. they would just make that game because they have no idea what satire is anymore. Mm. Yeah, although the original game did surprise a lot of people in the fact that it wasn't a Columbine simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is the opportunity for them to surprise us again here. Yeah, maybe. Given just, you know, with the recent release of Grand Theft Auto V and, you know, all the crazy stuff that was happening in there. Mm. It could be a chance for them to show their... They have a lighter side again? Exactly, yes. Phones going off there, Ray. Is yep. this rock star, like, are they, is some lit- litigation happening right now? <laughs> Yeah, that's a rock star on my phone <laughs> saying, shut up. Shut up, we're talking about unsubstantiated rumours. <laughs> okay. You're listening to Zed Games, Razor, Miss Candy Payne, Jody Lee with you, and Alana has just arrived. Hey, Alana. Hey, what's up? Not a lot. Cool. Well, I mean, yeah. something. Stuff. We're on radio. Yeah, we, we have a show to do. <laughs> not much. Uh, I mean, just, yeah, just not much, here. just sitting here. Talking amongst cool. ourselves. Sitting in this room. Deal. <laughs> But Alana, you have been playing Skylanders Supercharged. I have. Uh, and it's the first Skylanders game that I played. And my introduction to Skylanders was working at EB Games. So my introduction to Skylanders was retail, where I was like, holy crap, what are all of these things that there are so many of that children keep coming to buy and parents being confused about which ones their kids have and don't have. So I always saw it as just this horrible cash cow that basically exploited children. Uh, so not not a huge fan of well, Skylanders from the start. Welcome to video games. Yeah, I guess. Um, but then I played it, and it's fantastic. I wish someone had told me that it's like Diablo, because it is. It's, it's like, like Diablo? so much like Diablo. Uh-oh, but just, uh, sold. Yeah, oh, it's just like easy My ears Diablo. just grew. Oh, it's fantastic. It's like it's, this game is like Diablo with Mario Kart. But Ooh, oh, Cash Cow has just made I another know. sale. Yeah. It's incredible. Uh, so the premise is that you have these figures that you put onto a, a USB. They call it a portal. It's just sort of like a pad. And as soon as you put your figures on there, they pop into the game world. So you can buy more figures for you to then use in the game, and the figures have different types. Uh, Hot Streak is the vehicle that comes with the starter pack, uh, and I also had Spitfire, so they're both fire, which means if you put two fire-type a Skylander who's a fire type and a vehicle that's a fire type together, they get like a supercharged enhancement with stat upgrades, which is kind of cool, but it, it doesn't really affect you very much. So you still have, you know, a lot of choice between what element you want to play as. And the the, the, the bad guy who is returning in the series uh, is Chaos, who's voiced by uh, Invader Zim. 
So I'm always just like, oh, Invader Zim. He's doing something for once. (laughs) He's actually succeeding on these (laughs) Skylanders planets. He's a really good voice actor, but he's He's got a very very specific... He does. You know, oh, that's definitely that guy. He's got a narrow range. Yeah. 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 I actually looked him up on Google just to see what a picture of him looked like, and he does not look like you would expect. For some reason, I was expecting him to look like Invader Zim. And, you know, obviously he didn't. He's got a human face. He's, he's definitely a human, which he is shocking to me. looks like the kid from me. Psychonauts. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's super strange. But uh, so he's, like, trying to take over the Skylands, which is where all the Skylanders live. And you have a team of kind of goofy but really beautifully animated uh, side characters who are helping you through a series of quests from your sort of hub world. So you'll go to the hub world. So you'll, it'll be telling you to talk to Flynn who's also a famous voice actor whose name I forget. He's the, the guy. Nolan North. It's not Nolan North. No, like Troy an Baker. actually... <laughs> Will John DiMaggio. You just, you just, no, well, it would be good if it was John DiMaggio. <laughs> He's a, you know, an actual actor. Don't Tim know. Curry. I think it's Patrick. <laughs> Warburton. Maybe. He's an American dad. <laughs> oh, yeah. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick Warburton. Yeah, Patrick there you go. Him. Yeah. A.K.A. Putty. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Him. He, Samson. That one. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, you, you're in this hub world where you can you can put stuff. There's legendary items that you can get. So it's it's all really silly, but kind of fun. You know, you can put trampolines in there. Or you can put soccer balls and nets. You can just sort of chuck stuff around your hub world wherever you want. And there's the kart racing side of stuff, which is basically just an entire Mario Kart just sort of shoved off to the side of this hub world that you can go to whenever you want to. And it has sky vehicles, sea vehicles, and land vehicles, which all control totally differently. And... The races are, are really, really well done. I mean, the the land ones do feel a lot like Mario Kart, but there's there are enough subtle differences for it to add to the Skylanders universe before just feeling like a ripoff. So they're all uh, the, all the tracks are from levels that you played in the game. Like for example, you know, there's one where you have to rescue this this dragon or unlock this dragon who's been kept away by Professor Chaos so he can save everyone. And so the kart race has you on the back of a dragon, and it's it's really creatively done in this just this hub world with this one thing that's just incredible, like an entire game just sitting to the side. It's amazing. So the rest of it is just um, stuff you can buy, people you can talk to, upgrade your vehicle, upgrade your character by talking to certain people. But the upgrades are where it's all very very simple and you know reminds you that it's a kids game. Uh, but some of the levels themselves have a lot of complexity. There's one that has a push pull mechanic, like the Force from Star Wars. So if something is in your way, you can either push or pull and it'll move towards you or away from you and the times that that's most difficult is probably when you're using a sea vehicle in part of that level and there are mines but there are also coins in the water so you're just constantly swapping between those two things pull coins towards you push mines away from you and it can get really really chaotic but hmm. um how many people can you play with how many people are messing around in these races at the same time i think that you can play with four but i only played with two um so you can play all of the levels co-op and it jumps between, you know, having two of you on the screen exactly the same as Diablo or Diablo. And then as soon as you jump into a vehicle, you have one person who's controlling the weapons on that vehicle and another person who's controlling the, the actual vehicle itself. Right. Ooh, uh, so it, it works very well. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let me just recap what you've told me. There's a lot to okay. say. <laughs> so it's Diablo meets yep. Mario Kart meets Halo. A little bit. Invader Zim's in there. Yep. And Patrick Warburton. Mm-hmm. Plus, you can, you've got a home that you can decorate. Yeah, right? you can put, put Meets soccer. Meets the Sims. And you so, can also wear silly hats. 
meets Team Fortress 2. Yes. Wow. Jeez. Okay, so it's basically every single one of my favorite games in one. It's very good. Yeah, tell me it's cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap. That's how they get you. It's yeah. accessible, right? Like, I mean, uh, I think it's $99 for a starter pack, but mm. if you want to get the other two vehicles, you don't need them to progress, which is, I think, new in this game, in that you aren't locked out of an, an, a further level by not having the right vehicles, but there'll be two side missions in each level that you won't be able to do, one for the sea vehicle, one for the sky vehicle, and I think they cost $15 each, but I would say that's a totally worthy purchase for the amount of gameplay variety that those two vehicles add, and for the hours of gameplay that they add. So they're both very, very different mechanically. You approach them differently, so it, it, you know, it stops everything from being stale, but it also adds a lot of stuff, including different races for the sea and the sky vehicles. Hmm. We're talking about Skylanders Supercharged, and you've been playing that on the Wii U? Uh, I haven't actually played the Wii U version, which sucks because it comes with Donkey Kong, mm. who doubles as an amiibo. So you what? can use him uh. as an amiibo. The sky, it's amazing, but okay. I haven't played that one yet. No, I've been playing it on PS4 and on Xbox One. Alana, you've been talking about Skylanders, what is this one called? Supercharged. That's the chap, yes. Uh, <laughs> so, you are a person who is interested in collectible statuettes, toys, things, <laughs> what have you. Mm -hmm. uh, you weren't interested in this game series before, but now you're like, you're hooked, right? Yeah, I am. How do you feel about the prospect of acquiring new Skylanders to keep playing Skylanders with new Skylanders? Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that at all. No? Um, <laughs> so, because I play it like Diablo, I have my little guy Spitfire, who I use always, right. constantly, to level up. Okay. So it's like, I just want one character mm. that I want to level up and make completely awesome. So I hate the idea of, you know, if Spitfire ever gets tired, as they call it, when you're actually dead. They're like, mm. oh, he's tired. <laughs> well, okay. So you have to swap him with another Skylander to continue playing, or you can go back to a checkpoint. I'll always go back to a checkpoint. Right. Because I'm wow. like, no, but I'm so comfortable with this this elemental fire guy, and he's got all these sweet moves. I'm like, I don't want to get away from that. That's not how you play Diablo, so I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know, what's great is that this story is exactly the one that, like, the person who made the toy, who came up with the concept, is like, she's really connecting with this. And the executive <laughs> who ordered him to make the toy is like, no, she mm -hmm. has to want to buy another one yeah. and plug that one in straight away. Yeah, I, I'm never going to buy another one. And I wonder if that, again, from working in retail when Skylanders was starting out, is that kids want to be the kid in school who has all the Skylanders. Mm. So they're like, oh... Yes, I have all types of Skylanders. See my Skylander collection, and they have like 50 of them, mm. whereas they, they might not even play with all of them. Because mm. this is essentially another little collectible phase. It like, is. we all went through it, we had our Tarzo collectible things, and we had those our were like 50 Tamagotchi cents, things. Though. And, well, you know, it's all relative. Pogs. Po yeah, all, exactly. Basketball cards? Yes. See? I don't know what a Pog is. It's like a Tarzo, except <laughs> different. This is. I have Pokemon cards. Yeah. Yep. Mm. And I still have Tarzos. But, mm. yeah, it's it's the same effect. And, I mean, the figures are actually very well designed. Mm. And for the first time ever, the vehicles are actually articulated. So, you know, the, the land vehicle will actually roll. Meaning for the target audience, which I think is 8 to 12-year-olds-ish, uh, you know, being able to actually roll your vehicle across the floor when you're not playing the game is going to actually add value to that. And they are well designed. I saw one of them as, like, a little skeletal mariachi day of the dead guy mm. who has like horn-based powers and drives around in a coffin Love that it. has like hot rod stuff on yeah. the outside of it see what? the coffin is one of the vehicles that you'd have to buy 
I would spend money on getting that guy his awesome coffin. I car. probably would if I had that guy too, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, but that said, within the game, there are plenty of upgrades available to you um, in a little kind of car modification system, where you know you can alter basic stuff, same as Mario Kart. Really, how you know when you're you're going through that start menu in Mario Kart and you're choosing what wheels and what engine and then which of your parachutes you're going to use and they have different effects. It basically is as simple as that, where you're just flicking through things and saying, okay, that is more acceleration, that's better handling, and you can decide on that. Uh, so none of it's particularly in-depth, but it's kind of nice. And they have these sweet montages where if you come across a... Uh, in one of the worlds, you come across a mod as loot, it just you can initiate this montage to preview it. It's just like the most badass montage for like this new horn that you have and they just like put so much effort into making it look really cool so you just want all of them all the time mm. um but if there were montages when you found a legendary weapon in diablo 3 then i would still be playing it yeah <laughs> yeah it, sounds awesome. it makes a huge difference and i feel like maybe they are diablo fans so they're like you know what more montages and that's how we get people to keep playing this stuff um but uh, outside of the the car customization i mean that's that's the only thing really that reminds me that it's a kid's game, and I suppose the combat is very, very simple as well. You still have a variety of moves you can use, but you approach basically every enemy the exact same way. There's no kind of Diablo level of challenge where you have to build a strategy based upon several deaths until you finally figure out how to do it. Uh, you're not going to die very often, and every time that you do come across something that's new and difficult, it's pretty simple to approach, except for the levels where... You sort of have an item, uh, like the push-pull one that I mentioned. There's another where you can shrink and grow certain things. So you might fight an enemy that has a hammer on his face, and you can shrink his hammer. Uh -huh. Or you fight someone that has some kind of weapon in their hand, and you grow the weapon so that it is too big and it topples him over. Mm. <laughs> um, so it's, it's still all very simple, but I, I feel like it's, it's very creative. It's very mechanically creative. I think my favorite level was, um, a, I guess, a jail, but... The gravity was all warped, so you'd go through different portals to get to different places, and sometimes you'd be upside down, sometimes you'd be on the side of the screen. You know, you're just sort of warping all over the place all the time, and it can make it a little tricky to figure out where to go. So uh, even though the formula is, is simple, it's go here, do this, mm. get as much loot as you can, fight things in a really similar way. It's, it's creatively designed and beautifully animated, so you never really get bored with that. Mm. From the perspective of a parent who's maybe thinking about purchasing this for the child. I know for me, there's no problem. I'll get it, and that's fine. You've already sold it to me. Best dad ever. Yeah. but <laughs> No, he's uh, not buying it for the kids. From, from, yeah, they won't get a girl. From a parent's perspective, am I condemning myself to a year of little micro-purchases, little toys, upgrades, etc.? I think that Supercharges is the most value-friendly in that all of your content is only locked away behind three different types of vehicles. So as long as you have your three vehicles, meaning you only need to buy two of them because Hot Street comes in a starter pack, uh, you're fine. So that's an extra $30. Whereas in previous ones, sometimes you would need to buy five different elements of Skylanders to be able to access all of the game. So, I mean, beyond that, it's a discussion of kids wanting... All of, I mean, if, if you have a good kid who doesn't want to buy everything yeah. ever, then yeah, you'll be fine. But I feel like it does become competitive in schools yeah. so mm. that someone can be the kid with all the Skylanders. That's true. I totally have no interest in buying them all. Let's just pretend you can completely um, isolate your child from the outside world. <laughs> okay, I'm not yeah, suggesting you're fine. you do it. You're fine. Yeah. Within the game itself, is there like, is the game constantly badgering you to get these upgrades? It is totally badgering you to get the other vehicles uh, because it'll 
there'll be like a nice cutscene introducing the side quest oh. that needs the other vehicle. <laughs> cutscene, okay. aka. Well, advert. sometimes they'll be like, oh, but everyone is doomed without you. Like, it's okay. kind of depressing, you know? And they're like, but you don't have the sea vehicle? She's going to kill everyone. You're like, oh, well, I guess never mind. Uh, but as for the, the Skylanders themselves, they're mostly just different elements. And different Skylanders will be strong in different areas. So it does tell you down the bottom of the screen, I don't know, grass Skylanders are better in this zone. But mm. that's all it says. It doesn't push it any more than that. And I found that really easy to ignore. It just kind of tells me, actually, if I am or am not strong in a certain area because there's no way that I am swapping out my Spitfire. <laughs> I feel like the parents that, that would be setting them up themselves up for this already have the kids that have been collecting the figurines for the last couple of years. Like my little nephew mm. is just all over this long before it was on any kind of console for him to play with. Yeah. It was just, he has just been all over the figurines and he has to have every single one of them. And so, and I, so I've seen it to already. Be fair, it's a really easy way to buy someone presents. Though. Oh yeah, no, exactly. I'm mean, not complaining. If like you want this fifteen dollar thing, done. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> every single anniversary or like birthday, you know, whatever. $15 Skylander, your kid's stoked. Yeah, exactly. Done. But that's what it is. They've got to have all of the characters yes. and be the person that's got all of all the of playable and characters. They're jealous and if someone else has and, one that yeah. they don't have and I think it's probably similar to a thing where if you, you know, you check out someone's Diablo character mm. and you see their sweet gear and you're like, mm. "Man, I want to try that out. That's really cool." So it's the same kind of thing where it's different to what you have, but that is totally not mm. how I play any kind of RPG. Even though this is a really simple RPG, I'm still mm. like, "No, no. Just this one guy going to get really high level. Everything's going to be great." What about if you have existing Skylander toys? Can you just put them into this game and they work fine? Some of them, yeah. So some of them are forwards and backwards compatible, and I think it's been like that throughout the whole series. So, cool. yes. Um, okay. Which helps a lot, but Again, I do not have the perspective of someone who would go out and buy all the Skylanders, so it's hard to say. I would say you don't need them at all, but I can't imagine you it would be... You tell that to an eight-year-old Yeah, boy. I can't <laughs> imagine like parents trying to tell their kids that and having much success. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Alana, for that review of Skylanders Supercharged, and you played it on the PS4 and the Xbox One. It mm. is also available on the Wii U. It is, yeah, and if you get it on Wii U, you get Donkey Kong and Bowser, which... Mm is incredibly cool. There's no reference to them ever being Donkey Kong and Bowser, but they're there. Cool. Excellent. Lee, mm. you have been playing Skyshine's Bedlam, yeah. not to be confused with the other Bedlam. No. Based on the Christopher Brookmeyer novel? Yes, it's not that one. It's a not different one. one. It's Skyshine's Bedlam, uh, which is kind of like a 2000 AD comic come to life and then turned into a faster-than-light-esque turn-based rogue-like game where mm -hmm. you were... You're in a vehicle traversing a landscape and everything is falling to shit. That's basically it. Uh, so it's set in a post-apocalyptic world where there is a single mighty city called uh, Byzantine that is now overcrowded. So you are the mechanic. You have this magnificent vehicle called the Dozer and you are going out into the wasteland of Bedlam to find the mythical Aztec city, which is supposed to be a place where the, the, the fuel cells flow like wine. It's uh -huh. hard to Is that tell. where the Thunderdome is? Yeah, basically, <laughs> cool. yes. It's the nice place. You're in the bad place, mm -hmm. and you have to go through the worst place to find the nice place. What kind of vehicle is the dozer? The dozer is a big, like, toaster on... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just a great big bus on right. on tank tracks that rolls along and spends 
way too much fuel mm -hmm. get about just awful awful fuel economy in the dozer <laughs> so you spend your time looking at this massive map of bedlam the wasteland area that you are traveling through you pick your next destination and you will roll along there and then there might be an event mm. or there might be a combat uh, and both of these things will make your life worse Right. Yeah. Are the events like in FTL where it's a choose-your-own-adventure sort of thing where you get some text and then decide, you know, which of these options do you want to pursue? Yeah, basically. So you'll be traveling through and you can see as you, you have this, like, the standard route that you take, which will be uneventful. And then as you go from node to node, you'll see little, like, points of interest that you can go and investigate. And you kind of have to go to those to get enough resources uh, and to, you know, gain the stuff that you need to really make it to the end. But like Faster Than Light uh, and like uh, Banner Saga, basically every single one of these events is designed to savage you and to destroy your resources. So you will turn up at a place and there will be mutants that are having an argument with some wastelanders and you go to investigate or to intervene and it's revealed that they're actually both cyborgs and they both want to kill you and then mm. you get into a fight where all of your guys die. Uh, now I'm a big fan of this type of game um, and I love the setting uh, and I've you know played hundreds of hours of FTL and of uh, Banner Saga and things like this and yet this game I did not enjoy at all and I should have because it is just Fallout or you know Mega City 1 but as as this this type of roguelike thing um, but it's really like badly balanced on the front end mm. um, when you were playing those other games you would get a point get to a point where everything was on fire and everyone was dead and you know you were gonna hit game over and then when you restarted you had learned something and you had maybe unlocked something new and you had a reason to keep grinding away every loss was giving you enough information or a, a new little thing to play around with at the mm. start game to get you further through whereas with this it's so so easy to be annihilated within the first like two zones it surprises me mm -hmm. i i don't understand how anyone can have fun with the way that this meat grinder is set up <laughs> so so it has permadeath like a lot of roguelikes and there's no going back you can't just reload to save no you just... no you just you because the other thing is that so these games will have two components to them they'll have the or three the map stuff the story stuff and then the combat stuff which is the, you know as a result of what happens in the map and in the story uh, and the combat system uses it's actually the same engine that they had in the Banner Saga so you get plonked down on a isometric grid you've got your dudes you start off with only having four dudes that can enter the map and then however many uh, of the enemy's dudes are there and you have four different types of uh, warrior that you can have access to so there's the uh, close range guys who are very mobile and have a lot of health but they uh, they don't do much damage they're armed with a shield and a laser sword but they kind of all look like they're armed with a garbage can and a stick uh, there's a shotgun dude who's fairly mobile fairly good damage knocks yep. people back a sniper who is weak as hell can't move very far but can take people's heads off and then a guy with twin pistols who seems really cool but is like not particularly useful in any way whatsoever hmm. all of your characters are 
really, really weak um, and vulnerable, which is fine, but then there's no no means when you start a battle of of being able to position them tactically. Your guys get plonked down randomly on one end of the map and then you just have to deal with it, whereas mm. other games tend to allow you to at least set your pieces up and have a strategy from there. Yeah, you want the sniper at the back, you want your guy with the biggest garbage can at the front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that's the way that you want to go, um, but you have to do that on the fly here. And so you have... The other thing is that each side, regardless of the number of troops they've got, gets two two actions that they can take, which is, you know, either two movements or two attacks or a move and an attack, and anyone can do anything. Um, but that's it. That's all they've got, and they don't really have any kind mm. of tactical value outside of the the numbers that they do and the numbers that they absorb. Um, and, you know, there's not even any kind of, like... Uh, like, Banner Saga was simple enough like that as well, but it had a number of other little rules like... Uh, you know, certain characters that would be useful for blocking because they, you know, if people went past them, they did damage. There would be other little powers that they had, but your guys just do the thing that they do here. Um, and then you sometimes have access to the weapon system on the dozer, uh, but even then, you don't have access to too much. Um, and they tend, like, they're either really, really cool and you've gotten them through a fluke of luck. At one point, yeah. I, I got a nuke, which was the best. Mm. Um, but that was so rare, and mostly I just had nothing and these four idiots who would almost certainly all die, uh, or half of them would die in a combat. Uh, and no one gets experience unless they get a kill. Mm. Right. So you don't even, like, if you grind through a combat and someone survives through being just at the back of the map, that doesn't mean anything unless they've killed mm. somebody. So there's just all these little decisions that have been made about how the tactical combat works that makes it just arbitrary mm. and painful and you never get attached to anyone because if you've got a guy who like hey this guy is like at three kills they level up and they get a little bit better and i've played the like the last five games i played i never got anyone to that level because they just get instantly wiped out through the fluke of the computer kind of having the deck stacked stacked in in their favor um are there difficulty options yes there are uh there's very very hard and then there's like normal and easy. And there doesn't seem to be too much difference between normal and easy, except in easy, you don't actually unlock any cool stuff either. Um, what, so you're punished mm. for playing the easy version? Yeah, yeah. Mm. You're just punished. It's yeah. just being punished. So you're punished yeah. if you choose the very, very hard death version. Yeah. Or you're punished if you choose the easy version to play through it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's weird because like it's gorgeous that it has this fantastic cartoony artwork that looks great mm. uh, when, you know, your, your combat animations are fantastic and they're inspired by the over-the-top deaths from the original Fallout 1 and 2. So yeah. people get liquidated by mutant acid breath and, cool. you know, their, their top half gets turned into a skeleton and awesome. all this cool stuff. People getting kicked in the crotch and then, like, falling over. Like, you that's should wonderful. have started the review with this stuff. <laughs> well, like, this is... The thing is that mostly it happens to you uh, and to people that you almost cared about, but then they died before they you, you gain like any real value out of them. So not as cool. Yeah, like I've been playing a lot of punishing games. I got really into Darkest Dungeon, and I loved that. And I, you know, that was great because everyone was a person and everyone was like suffering mm. from some kind of mania as a direct result of my actions. But here, everyone is just like a 
collection of really bad stats with a name and then they're a melted skeleton. Yeah. And, and then they're dead in the desert. It's, uh, yeah. it's actually tweaked to the point where it's just like there, there's no, no, no even no motivation for enduring it either, and yeah. that's the, the worst thing about it. Some roguelikes give you incentive to progress by letting you unlock stuff yeah. with each successive playthrough. Is there something like that here? Yeah, you can unlock other factions by uh, like hitting these really random events when you're out in the desert, uh, and it's really hard to do, and it's not necessarily going to happen in any run that you, you make, and so... Yeah, like there are like five or six factions and they all look really, really cool, but they've just murdered me. I've never been able to play as them. Like I'm just mm. stuck getting savaged mm. in the desert by by mutants and wastelanders uh, and not in a fun way. Mm. So it's it's not... Have you considered that maybe you're bad at this game? I've considered that. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he, he outruled that very quickly. <laughs> and, and and I can take that on board and say, yes, I am bad at this game. But then looking at the Do way... Do you think everyone is bad at this game? I think that most people who would be listening to this would probably be bad at this game and would hit the same roadblocks that I have. Mm-hmm. I, I have listened to a podcast where they reviewed this and both of their reviewers said the same exactly. thing. They yeah. could not get anywhere with this yeah. game. Like I, and I wanted to love it, and I've loved other games that are you know, as or mm. even more punishing than this because they provided the carrot as well as the stick. It keeps this making is... me think of Wasteland 2, which I found really difficult playing on the hardest difficulty, but in a way that was addictive. Yeah, like Wasteland 2 is great. You, it you was... only played that with one character, right? No, I had four, but okay. on one of my playthroughs, everyone died except for one character. Okay, right. And I loved that, yeah. that everyone was dead and my medic died, and I was just like, this is not going to go well. But it, it just added so much to the story, yeah. whereas this just seems like everyone dies before you can see their value or that they don't have enough value for you to care if they die. Yeah, it's look, it's all meat grinder and, and not enough of the good stuff that keeps you like interested. Even the art, you never get to see enough of the cool art, and there is so much cool art probably there but most of it is just like a text wall and a choose your own adventure where eventually you die alone in a ditch having been savaged by mutants Uh, that might be my favorite sentence that you've ever said (laughs) i really liked a bunch of bad stats with a name i thought that was good yeah (laughs) thank you very much lee for that review of skyshine's bedlam not to be confused with the other bedlam game no And uh, that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode of Zed Games, guys. Thanks so much for your company tonight. Catch you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.